I'm doing America a favor. Is the country willing to pay for it? FAA just issued a critical alert. The entire network went down. Transportation system's crashing and they just hit the entire financial sector. You have no idea who you're dealing with. I'll take it from here. You just killed a helicopter with a car. I was out of bullets. And welcome back to the Film Reel Cast. Another episode, another review, another lot of friends, and intelligent conversation. I'm joined by 80s Paul. Paul, how are you, my friend? I'm good, thanks. And there's a new thing about me this year. You will find out that my hips don't lie. <laughs> Fantastic. I hope not. I hope not. And Opie Neal, as usual, how are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. How? Why do you? Where have we got to? Your hips don't lie. Okay. And oh, intelligent I'm conversation. Is that like short for opium? <laughs> opium Neil. <laughs> Opie, Sons of Anarchy. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that. It was fucking made in the 90s. So, yeah, it's quite modern, mate. <laughs> 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 Possibly the 2000s, even, I think. Yeah. So, uh... I think it was, mate. It's, yeah, it's not, it's not the 90s. If they ain't got a fax machine, I ain't interested. you're going to struggle today we're doing the fourth installment of the die hard retrospective reviews and it's live free or die hard or if you're in europe it's die hard 4.0 so i mean it's i love doing when we do like the lethal weapon kind of whole franchise and we we do the matrix and Mm. uh back to the future and stuff like that I, i love seeing the journey of different producers or directors coming in and writers and someone thinking fuck it i'll just i'll reinvent this and we'll do something even though someone else has already done it in another film Mm. let's say the fourth installment directed by len wiseman given us underworld and the ship total recall the only thing he's good for is putting kate beckinsale in extremely tight clothing (laughs) for four films apart from that he brought fucking Hawaii Five-0 to a TV series, which died. Um, Sleepy Hollow TV series, it died. So his track record's pretty shit, to be honest. It's not good, is it? It's not a good Big track. fan of Kate's dad, though. <laughs> he he clearly He's a big fan of Lycra. To be honest, if I could get the opportunity to put Kate Beckinsale in Lycra, I think I'd go for it. Oh, I know I'd go for it. get her out of it, to be honest, though, wouldn't you? Let's be fair. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> Paul, have you seen this film before we reviewed it? Tell me, I'm excited yes, to know. Yes, I have. I, I have. I told you last time. I've got, I've got the box set. Oh, it's old fashioned, but I have the box set, which doesn't include the latest one. I do like the, what the Europeans have done because I like to know what the film is by numbers, not by just some random text. So yeah, yeah Die Hard one, two, three, and four. Um, yeah. In my mind, that's how it should be. But yes, I've seen it few years ago and it's a really good film a really good film so yeah, yes I'm I, you, I, was, mate. I was pleased i was pleased when you said watch it again yeah i like numbers i need numbers is yeah i mean when we did yeah, the matrix cool. films it's so confusing the film's confusing anyway but when they don't put numbers in yes it, it, it's so hard you've got to look at what date they're made and with the matrix they're made two at a time so 
And you know what? A really good example of that is Terminator. Because when we were reviewing the Terminators, I was like, so where am I? Am I Genesis? Is that before? Oh, yeah. You know, give me my numbers because I didn't know where I was. There were many messages exchanged, weren't there? I had to plug my nine pin dot matrix printer into the computer and download the list. Do you think after the last film that it needed another term, uh, another sorry, I'm Terminators now, another <laughs> diehard film? Um, yeah. Do you reckon it did, do you, Paul? Uh, I think it was a nice reboot, um, and that's a little bit of a pun because it was all about cyber attacks. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> some puns. Yeah. <laughs> I think you should it be did, on and stage. I think it was just somebody they, they were obviously scratched on their heads for a reboot and they thought let's go with technology and you know that's where they went I, I was disappointed it wasn't Christmas pardon yeah it I was very clever. clever um yeah. did did we need another one I don't know if we did to be fair but I don't know it was it was a long time after the last one wasn't it it's one of those things it's yeah. a risky it's a risk that Hollywood always seems to take as I've said, many wasn't it? Uh, yeah, mate, yeah. 2007, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is tricky, isn't it? Because if you're going to do another Die Hard film, it's been done, when you think you've got the building, you've got the airport, and then you've got New York City, and where can you go? Let's say drop him in the middle of a jungle like Predator. Mm. They've done so many different things. So... Mm. It was hard to come up with a concept, and plus they've got to move on with the times. And yeah, this came out as a, a PG-13, and it was an unrated, as a rated version as well, or an unrated version, which is um, restricted. Depends which version you watched. Um, so, and it's always worrying, and we've said this so many times. We've all said it, uh, Paul, you, Neil, that when they do these films that do come from a like a 15 or an 18 back down to like a, a, a yeah. 12. Yeah, it, it suffers, doesn't it? Because these are about yeah. violence. It's about swearing and over the top and just blood and shooting people in the face. And I, I think I watched the uh, the adult version, the restricted version. Um, so I I got the kind of enjoyment of like Maggie Q getting beaten up and stuff like that. So uh, I was quite lucky. I mean, did you watch the version with lots of swearing in? Because the only one I think the other ones only got like two swear words in. I think. I must have done because I, I think um, I've got the box set, but it's up in the attic. But I couldn't be asked to bring it down, so I downloaded it on a rental from Sky. And I mm. think it was if you see Maggie Q got beaten up and all the swearing, it must have been the, it must have been the adult one. Yeah. What about you, Neil? Yeah, I watched it on Disney Plus, but I own this anyway, so I've seen it before many, many times. So yeah. yeah. So I don't own this. I've never owned it. It's um, mm. I don't know why really, because I, I th- it's difficult to. You kind of got to review this film and look at it. I, I think if you review it as just a a, a standalone film, you're going to crucify it. I think. Yes. But like the like the other films, and we spoke about it. But in you need to keep it in the diehard like universe, don't you? Mm. Of, of what's going to happen to kind of suspend all like your disbelief and stuff like that and it's they kind of picked a, a strange well, well a strange bad yeah i think for me timothy oliphant is a really good actor 
and I like him in what I see him in in the office. And um, I can't remember what else he's been in now, off the top of my head. But I think he was—he's been the worst baddie out of all of them. That I, what? What do you guys think? No, I, I disagree. I think he's—I um, think he's better than the third one. Yeah, I think. Oh, really? You think well. he's better, yeah. better than Simon? Yeah. The concept of Simon was really good, but like I said on the last review. It just so many bad decisions and everything else in that film in relation to Simon and letting him both of them live over and over again ruined it for me. Whereas you don't really get that with Mr. Gabriel in this. Mm. I think mm. he played, I think he played it well and he used just the right amount of sarcasm and wit mm. with his um, his subordinates, didn't he, when they were failing him. Definitely. Um, I think he I think he played it really well. Yeah, he, he played it well. He's a good actor, but I think that he wasn't. I mean, you can't compare him with like um, Gruber or and no. even like Major. Uh, is it General Stewart or Major Stewart and General Grant? I like both of them in Number Two. They were pretty good. They were tropey, but they were enjoyable. Um, I even thought Simon was was good in what he did, but I, I think he wasn't used enough. And as soon as, like, Maggie Q, I mean, obviously, it's going to be spoilers, like we always do. As soon as Maggie Q died, I kind of felt he didn't really have much. And his henchmen weren't, they were pretty good, kind of, in the action parts of what they had to do. But I just felt he wasn't used enough, Timothy Oliphant, to his capabilities of what he can be as menacing. And he did have some really good lines. Like when he says, I did send five of you to go and kill, didn't I? That is right. Because they fucked the whole mission up. And I did like his one line. As you're right, Paul, I thought it was spot on. But he wasn't used enough for me. And I, I think it's that that's the only reason why I think he's like the worst baddie out of all yeah. of them so far. I mean, consider, considering he designed the Woodlawn facility. He was very much a standoff character and, and it wasn't hands on at all, was he? So he was relying on his subordinates to actually do the donkey work for him. Um, and yeah, yeah he, he just and they were all failing him. You thought he'd have got his hands dirty, if, you know, more dirty if, if he'd have. If people were failing him, he would have actually got more involved. I don't know. I, I think that's his own sort of self-importance where he feels like he shouldn't have to do it because of yeah. who he thinks he is himself. But in relation to how violent he was in sadistic wise he did quite a few things you know cause a lot of accidents and that when that mm. tunnel bit the amount of people that potentially would have been killed mm. just to get hold of you know um the character um matt farrell and bruce yeah. Yates, you know that was you know i think as a bad guy it was pretty menacing to be honest, but I do agree in that with you as well, though, <clears throat> Paul, is the fact that he's supposed to be this really ridiculously intelligent hack, what you know, designer of things and computer boffin. But all the time that he does get failed by his, but he doesn't just go, oh, I'll fix that. Doesn't step it, in, does he? Yeah, and it would have been just a lot easier because he goes, well, I can do it anyway. But yeah, yeah, I mean, the story for anyone who hasn't seen this film, I mean, yes. when someone hacks into um, the computers at the FBI division. Um, a director decides to, uh, to round up all the hackers uh, who could have done this. And because it's the 4th of July, most of the agents um, are on annual leave. So strangely enough, um, John McClane is instructed to bring in, as you say, Matt Farrell. 
Um, he was one of the hackers into the FBI, but he soon gets involved in a shooting um, when he brings him in and McLean manages to pursue all of the offenders um, taking on the baddie in a way over the top crazy storyline, just like all the other <laughs> films he's got to take him to Washington. And it's again, it's such an elaborate storyline, as we've said before, that this is for me I, no, I can't say it's like the worst one, but he's so fixated. If he wasn't as fixated on Matt Farrell as getting him, because the, the general story is um, he's every one of these different hackers uh, have kind of done a program and they believe it's for like a, an interview. Um, but what the program does is opens a doorway at the Social Security Administration, um, unbeknown to them. So th- they don't know that. And they slowly get taken out in the most elaborate way. And I don't understand. They get blown up. And why did you've got a SWAT team or like a, a hit team outside these hackers' houses, conveniently in America, not just all over the world, conveniently in America, and they decide to put Simtex somehow in their computer. So when they press a delete button, it blows them up. Why don't they just go in there and take them out rather than just wait until they press delete and they blow up? It doesn't make sense, does it? It does in the sense that there's no one to see them. And if it's just an explosion, you're not going to leave any evidence. But isn't it weird, though, that because they would have Simtex and they would say, well, this has been like, it's a bomb. So, but if surely if someone went in and just shot him, he'd be like, well, could have been someone nicking all their gear. And if he wouldn't have left, or if he would have left Matt Farrell alone, because he would have just been interviewed by the FBI and kicked out. And all the time he's being interviewed, they could have got on with their plot. And whatever their plot is, it's so confusing. And just <laughs> left him alone. But well, they that... choose to carry on. It's bizarre, isn't it? It is. I think that's the character, though, isn't it? He has a plan and he wants it done in a specific way and he wants to get rid of all that because he's employed all these hackers, hasn't he, to write these little programs that he will then utilise all together with his team so he can sort of basically shut down the country. They call it a fire sale later on. Yeah. Um, So I I like the start of this film because it's explained quite nicely in the sort of build-up. And then obviously... The guy gets blown up in the house and stuff. Yeah. But I, I do get what you're saying in the sense of why didn't they just leave Farrell alone? But I guess he just didn't want to leave any stone unto because you know, ultimately he's the one that ends up beating him in the end, isn't it? With he is, but figuring yeah. it out. Yeah, I think we're joined by Rav. Rav, are you there, mate? Hello. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, that voice, that voice. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. How's things going, mate? All right. All good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Die Hard 4. Had you seen it before we're doing this review? Obviously, you had to watch it to do the review, but before then. (laughs) A long time ago, yes. Uh, Were you filled with joy knowing we had to do this? Apprehensive. I don't think, I'm sure it's already been mentioned, I don't think it it kind of matched one and two it, it kind of just fell into the whole let's write shit for the sake of writing shit wow oh god that's one of straight that straight off the back that I... pretty much is where do you stand on number three then 
three was I. I'm not averse to three. It's got Samuel Jackson in it. It's probably got Samuel Jackson in it. Um, yeah. I'm not averse to it. Uh, it, it was kind of a different take to everything that was going on. It's nice that they reference Hans Gruber again. Yes. This is his brother. Um, so it's nice to have that continuity, that consequences of, you know, you killed my brother, I'm now going to get you back. Yeah. After we found out. So I'm not averse to it. Um, not the best, but, you know, not compared to one and two. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting that in the other films, He's kind of paired up with uh, a lot of the time black males. He's been paired up with. You've got Argyle, you've got Barnes, you've got um, or is it, I think it's Barnes from the airport, and then you've got obviously Samuel Jackson. Um, but this time it's gone. They've gone a completely opposite direction, haven't they? And I like um, Justin Long. I think he's really good as Matt Farrell. I, I liked him in um, what is it, Jeepers Creepers, and he was good in Dodgeball. And his career was really going somewhere at this point. I think he was dating Drew Barrymore at the time. So he was, he had a lot of stock in him. But for some reason, after this film, that stock just fell away and kind of his career declined. But what did you think? Compare him with everyone else. Did you like him as like the sidekick, the wingman of with Bruce Willis? Yeah, I thought he was good. Yeah, he, he played the character of a... And a typical Hollywood variation of, you know, lives in your mother's basement, hacker type character. Yeah, yeah. And that's the same as Kevin Smith, who yes. I liked when I, I think everyone likes at some point when they're 18 years old and then they get older and realise that <laughs> you're a bell end. And I don't know why I liked you so much, but I do like more rats and uh, oh, oh, what's the other one done? Um, Jane, sign of Bob Strike Back. They're absolutely fantastic. So I'll give him plenty of credit for that. Um, Maggie Q, I thought she was wasted in this, honestly, as kind of uh, the the love interest for Timothy Oliphant, um, for Thomas Gabriel. She's really good. She's really good in Nikita, Femme Fatale. I liked her in that. And really good action star. But I found, apart from the fight scene where she's like a Terminatrix, it was really cardboard, wasn't it? have to agree yeah it's kind of wasted character just that you're there for the sake of being there well done yeah she she trotted out all those same old typical lines of these kind of films like we've got company all those kind of things all the tropey lines you get in these films we got company yeah it's a shame really because she's really really good and i think she was just really wasted but i mean the film's only well two hours nine minutes and it only really kind of centers around you get um who, who's not really in it a lot she doesn't it's not stretch with her acting abilities you've got lucy played by uh mary elizabeth winstead who's lucy Gennaro, and again as typical becomes lucy mclean um uh, who's the daughter of uh john mclean and i mean the action gets going once he goes and picks up um oh god uh matt farrell Again, I like the humour of that when he picks him up and he denies who he is. And he goes off and his neighbour comes out and calls him Farrell. And he goes, yeah, good luck at the uh, bad time awards. Yeah, Yeah, really, really good delivery. And then it just goes mental. It really gets into the diehard stock with the baddies come and try and... I mean, they're rotten shots, thankfully. But it's great. You've got explosions, people being shot, people being chucked out of windows. It gets straight back in to like the meat and drink of Die Hard, doesn't it? Which is great. Mm. So you know one of the yeah. things that let, let this film down in my mind, and against like so when you look at one, two, and three, 
it was there was so much technology which was acceptable at the time that he threw into this film. But when you look back at it, it just looked so dated. Oh, you know, like yeah, the, the, the mobile phones. The Nokia phone, like he said, yeah, log into his PDA. Like kids these days wouldn't know what a PDA was. You That's know what I mean? The PDAs, and they only had like um, flat screen TV, flat screen monitors, like a couple of years before. And you know, in my firm, they would, you know, they introduced in like 2004, 2005, so they weren't that far off from bringing them in. And you look at the technology; they were. It looked cool at the time. But now it just looks so lame. That is a trouble, though. Any technology yeah. film, isn't it? That yeah. One, two, three, not there. This one, yeah, it was all over it. And they had that woodlawn, which was full of these servers. And at some point, one of the FBI agents said, "Yeah, they could be in there downloading everything to a portable hard drive." I'm like, "Well, why build woodlawn if you could put everything on a portable hard drive? You're spending a ton of money on this estate. You know, you could really reduce your costs here." <laughs> Keep it on yeah. a hard drive. There's no way back then they had a hard drive that was big enough to download data. Although, <laughs> they, 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 I know, they, they, at one point on the screen it said it was 500 terabytes in the server. I thought, was that even a thing then? 500 terabytes? Although I've got that on my phone now, so that's not like... Yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm rattling Jesus, on about you got a massive. Well, how much do you pay a month to have that much on your phone? Have you, is that your roaming data, 500 terabytes? <laughs> Mate, I'm nearly 50. I could be talking about anything technology. I've got a clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I know what a flat screen monitor is. Terabytes, he means megabytes. Yeah. <laughs> no, terapins. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, 500 terapins. <laughs> That's what I meant. Those little titles. <laughs> <laughs> so it's quite interesting in this film when they after that the disastrous attack on Farrell when you do get Timothy Oliphant, um Gabriel he goes back to his own men and he gets the helicopter up and he's going to track them um, when he takes them to the FBI building and it's a case of that's the first time even on a rewatch that I realised that not all of his um, kind of workers were in as deep as some of them were. I mean, because when he gets his guns out, not his weapons, not his actual yeah. fucking guns, he hasn't got any of them. But a lot of the IT geeks start looking nervous. And he goes, well, this is kind of your hardware to oh, or, uh, to the software. And yeah, so he doesn't, they don't kind of realise how bad it is. It's only like the, the kind of the main computer nerd who's in on just how violent it is. And obviously in the end, they all get shot. And um, just because they're kind of cannon fodder in a certain way. But it's quite interesting. That's the first time you see just how kind of evil he can be, which is, I love that side. If you're going to get a baddie, make him really bad. Make him just a complete wanker to work for and double cross everyone, which is why I'm disappointed he doesn't do that enough. Like, kill people. Do do things that kill women and children. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Easy. Easy, Herod. <laughs> <laughs> I think Stu has a point though, because with all the other previous bad guys, they were quite vicious. Where this one is, he, yes, he's got probably a um, a better strategy for dealing with John McClane as well as the government at large. But he doesn't actually go and kill anyone, does he? No, he's got quite clean hands, isn't he? From mm. everything he does, he gives the orders. But um, and his henchmen, again, it's just. I think the first one 
raised the bar so high and I love it. And it, the and we me and Neil spoke about this in the last uh, the Die Hard three, that the the set of New York City is almost a character in itself in the film. Uh, I think, and like the Nakatomi Plaza, each floor kind of tells a story. You know where they are on each floor and what's happened. But in this film, I feel I've lost that a bit because you you don't get that general sense of it's just driving around everywhere. The scenes aren't really memorable and it's boring. It's a lot of computers and monitors. And I think they've lost a certain element of the scenery and where it's set being a kind of a major part in the film. I don't know whether that's just me looking into it too much. No, you're right, Stu. There was an awful lot of, of awful lot of um, ground they seemed to cover physically, um, and my my geography of the states is pretty terrible. But it seems they were chopping and changing states and stuff, and they were making that transition between areas within minutes. Or, you know what I mean? They just yeah. they had to drive to one state, and they were there within within. I know obviously it's a film. We're not going to sit for four hours watching them in the car, but <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know they, they were. Heading off to Woodlawn, which was miles away, uh, and you're thinking, how do you achieve that? Why is these got these guys are still hack, hatching their plan, and that's taking you hours to get there. You know, it just seems a little bit, um, yeah. yeah, a little bit stretched. <laughs> you can imagine a director's <laughs> cut where they actually show the four-hour journey with yeah. <laughs> a commentary. Yeah. yeah, they're saying so. So, how long have you been in this acting game then? Oh, a few years. Yeah, a couple of awards. <laughs> anyway, back to the script. <laughs> I, I do like the use of when they change the traffic lights. It's been done in loads of films before. Loads of baddies have done this, haven't they? Just changed all the lights. But I think you this is done the best when you get the best view from the helicopter and you see mm. the actual carnage, carnage of, yeah. of what's going on. I mean, all they're missing is someone's like hot dog stand to be knocked over or <laughs> like a, a truck full of watermelons <laughs> or those water bottles that are <laughs> smashed into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know one thing that gets me about these 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 scenes though? Like w- whenever they switch lights off, and later on in the film they do this because they close the cities down, don't they? They close the states down. Yeah. Is when you you see the lights go out, but you you hear this, or, or the lights change from red to green, right? or green to red. They go, doo, 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 right? Lights don't do that. Or when they're closing down a city, you you, you hear this, doo, 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 and in, in the tunnel. When the, the lights are going in the tunnel, you hear choo, 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 choo. it doesn't happen. Maybe in America, they got noisy Shut lights. Up, the noise me. Like, the, a light goes out and you hear this clunk. I don't know. Oh. It's, it's a... Whoa, wait till we get onto the helicopter scene later on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my suit's on. I think normally followed by fuck. As soon as lights go out. <laughs> a good backup team where he before we did have like incompetent idiots working with him especially in Die Hard 2 and again me and Neil spoke about in Die Hard 3 they've improved this and you've got um uh, what's his name you've got Cliff Curtis who plays uh, as Bowman who's yet like the head agent in the FBI he's a really good character and again he's really useful and he does pack a punch he's not incompetent and I'm so glad that they continue to steer away from that, that kind of the blundering idiot trope that they have that everyone kind of raises their eyebrows about and because it's just that's so outdated and it's a good decision to keep with it and again apparently it took four months on the editing of various presidents to send that message uh, which is really really clever and i love it when they do that which i was clever enough to be able to do this splice together 
different famous people's speeches and as one long speech but it, it took four months to do it which is really impressive that was that was so good who, who was the president that started the second iraq war or was they president what, um, it was bush wasn't it oh president bush jr yeah and they have him on here and you almost want to he says like electrified but you almost want to you're praying for him to say electrification <laughs> <laughs> electrification <laughs> And even at the end, the funny thing was, the guy said, I tried to get um, I tried to get a load more Nixon, but I couldn't. <laughs> it was quite, I'd love to see more Nixon. I am not a crook. But that's when they start to realise, when he's with the FBI, and they get that speech, and obviously, um, they, what building is it they blow up in, that, that massive white building? I wish you to think it was the White House, but obviously it, it isn't. But what building is it? Is it like the House of Representatives, something like that? I thought that was the White House. I blew up. Oh, was it? No, no. it's not, no. No? I have no idea. No, apologies to our American listeners, our ignorance. I mean, blow up Parliament any day. I know what that is, but that building, I honestly don't know what that is. I've seen it in so many different films, but I just can't think of what that's called. But that's when um, Justin Long... Matt Farrell talks about um, the fire sale, which I've never heard of before, but it's it's kind of selling off all uh, the utilities to the highest bidder. Is that right? Oh, I got that wrong as well. I'm going down a Matrix Avenue here. Basically, he's shutting down the country, isn't he, to prove a point. We find out later on. But basically, yeah, you could use it to do whatever. Basically, the whole point of a fire sale is to press reset on the country. So shut everything off get rid of all the money get rid of all the power and electric and everything else like that your country's completely broke and hold it to ransom so they have to pay you loads of money to get get it back again oh okay and yeah that's that's kind of a better idea but that's what i would have done on a vic 20 ages ago but it was way out of my league by then and i do like the bit when they're being escorted away and again, it's always technology against John McClane. And we know because it's mentioned in virtually every film, John and technology do not mix. And when they're on the radio and you get Maggie Q calling up and they're trying to divert his car into a roadblock um, so they can get taken out by the assassins. And it's when um, Justin Long recognises uh, Maggie Q's voice as having quite a sexy voice that he says, that's the woman I spoke to earlier. And then he, even her bluff gets called by John McClane in a really good line when they start using police codes. And it's like, yeah. like a naked man running around like the town. And I, yeah. I like that bit because that's just old school John McClane being smug. That's knowledge and you can't beat that, innit? No, definitely. You, uh, definitely. But did you notice the callback earlier with the FBI agent when before he got in the car? It was Agent Johnson. Oh, was it really? Of, yeah, and he goes... Agent Johnson, obviously that's the same one from the first film, isn't it? Who's a complete dick. That's superb. And uh, it was a nice little callback, that was. I enjoyed it. I think I always like things like that. When you watch a film, and it's as if you get rewarded, isn't it? For mm-hmm. It's like the, the, the Spider-Man film. That Again, there was you get rewarded for watching the Andrew Garfield, for watching the Tobey Maguire, for, uh, and all those other films. They reward you for it with little snippets and lines. And yeah. I, New Ghostbusters, a, full of it. Yeah, it's a nice little smug feeling, isn't it? I like it when there's the odd one just dripped in there, just as a, for the people that love the franchise to get understand it, and it's not sort of thrown in your face. 
Yeah. Unlike the last Matrix, which is basically just all they do is throw the first three films at you. Jeez, they show the films in this film, oh. don't they? It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. When you get those little call packs, you almost want to like a wink at the television, don't you? You always want to go, yep. Yeah, it's like a Ryan Reynolds fourth wall break. It is so so good, but when um when they're kind of trying to make their way there, it's it turns really quick into one of the best action scenes in this whole film. I think I know you've got the the, the kind of the scene when they go to the Eastern Hub power station, uh, but for me, I think this is great. When you get a helicopter and the helicopters chasing them, taking them out, and they drive down that tunnel. Uh, it's really good. I mean, the, the action in the tunnel is great, but the special effects is ridiculous. And it, again, it goes over the top. But Massively. it's it just take your kind of your sensible glasses off and just enjoy the ridiculous action. I, I think it's fantastic. For me, it's the best action in this film. Yeah, I, I have to yeah, agree, agree with you. I think, I think the car chase with the helicopter and stuff like that, other than the bit, I mean, even that bit's brilliant when he basically uses the car to bring down the helicopter which is just absolutely nonsensical and Mm. the line from (laughs) justin long is oh you just killed a helicopter with a car and he goes i I ran out of bullets and it's just like oh oh god but it's brilliant you can't help but love it you can't help but enjoy it so yeah i can that's john mcclain isn't it you invested in that kind of character so you know what's coming out of his mouth almost yeah i mean he's so cocky isn't he yeah it's, yeah i have to agree with you it's the best of the action scenes in this film it's definitely the best mm. i mean it's interesting because we push the action i mean a bit like we, we'll talk, we push it to him jumping on the back of a an america like an f-14 or an f-36 whether it is jet later on which is we'll talk about i'm sure in great detail later but i think this borders on I think because it's set in so many different places, they're in a car in the high street chasing, and then they're in the tunnel. And as you say, then he uses the car, which I've never seen in any film, nice. as a weapon to take down his helicopter. I, I love the facts. I would have, I think I would have probably been disappointed if it was kind of they played this down. They would, I don't know because I just love it that it's over the top. It's ridiculous, and you watch it and think, "Fuck off! This is nonsense." <laughs> but that's what I want from these films, you know. <laughs> Well, we kind of got used to that, haven't we? As as they've gone on, you know, they do become more and more ridiculous how they take out bad guys and enemies and stuff like that, don't they? So it's it's nice that they sort of ramped it up, and I think it worked. It wasn't it, obviously it was over the top, but it wasn't too over the top. Well, the cars, I mean, when the cars flip in the air and they get hit by the other cars flying the other way and glass comes everywhere, I mean, you'd be <laughs> fucking cut like a piece of hoda cheese oh, yeah, after yeah, this, yeah. wouldn't you? You'd have holes oh, yeah. everywhere. There's but, one thing I didn't get in, in that scene, especially like this, whereby, okay, fine, it's a very good idea by opening up all the lanes. Clever, really clever idea, because why not? You know, and best way to stop someone. But yeah. if everything goes like dark, surely I'm going to turn my headlights on. Yeah. Yes. And just like everyone's coming at each other, it's like mm, surely as soon as the lights go out, I'm be a bit, you know, twitchy bum time saying hmm, yeah. something's put all right. Put the brakes on. Yeah. yeah. Maybe put the brakes on and turn the lights on. Yeah. Clearly they don't do that there. No, of course. They and just the other... drive blind. <laughs> and the other thing was whereby you've got the helicopter hovering so close to the um, uh, the opening of the uh, tunnel, 
if I'm the driver, then I was like, well, what's, what's, what's this about? Something's not right with this. Yeah. But you get suspend disbelief, isn't it? Oh, well, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You're never going to please everybody. And there's no, of people, course. You know, I think it's interesting what you said earlier, Stu, is if you took this film on its own merit, you'd probably look at it and just go, oh, fuck on. This is mm. ridiculous. This is ridiculous. And yeah. it sort of, it made me think about shoot em up in the sense yes. that the action is so ridiculous mm. at times that it is very much like that film however mm. the reason i enjoy this is because i'm invested in john mcclain and the arc of his character precisely but with something like shoot em up it's just something they've plucked out of the air and thrown in and tried to make it seem credible and it didn't work for me personally but no, i think you're right yeah, it's all about really John McClane, isn't it? Yeah, it is. If if this wasn't John McClane and it was just a random film like that, it would have everyone would have gone, "What the hell was that?" Mm. You know, who is this it's guy? About, it's about Bruce Willis too, because if you think about who is it they wanted to cast for the first one, Frank Sinatra had Frank Sinatra, right? So Frank Sinatra wouldn't have lasted for the rest of them. So they'd have had to go through different different actors to, to achieve this but you wouldn't have you wouldn't have had that investment you talk about neil because you invest yourself in in it's, it's how bruce plays it isn't it yeah it's a massive part of the film and i can't see imagine tom cruise or any other action character pulling it off the way bruce willis does i think if, if it were to be tom uh, tom cruise it'd probably be a bit more suave as opposed to Bruce Willis, he's a bit more of that rugged yeah. cop. It's gritty, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you end up with a NASCAR race, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Down the road or something like that. And yeah, or fly, he'll fly a helicopter himself, but. Uh, he'd jump and, in that plane later and fly it himself. And, yeah. You know, yeah. And he'd, he'd do a running scene like he does in every film. Yeah, I love yeah. Tom. I really do. I love Tom. The Mission Impossible films are just freaking awesome. So yeah, that'd be great. But yeah, Willis is. Just superb. As you said, it's so true that we kind of we're used to this world and we enjoy this world. And it's a really good point that you guys make that that shoot them up. We kind of it's as if we kind of stepped into this and there wasn't any warm up. There wasn't any warning. It was just mayhem for an hour and a half. And then you're out of it. And it's like, well, what the fuck's that about? Well, but you this do have one, a warning, Stu. You've got a brief warning and that's in the title. Well, yeah. Yeah. But just how just mental it's going to be and someone spinning round and round about breastfeeding a baby shooting people and really stuff like it. that <laughs> well there was definitely mixed opinions on that one <laughs> i enjoyed it film it was just I've now and half two hours of just trash but yeah i, it I a loved it. Film, but i enjoyed it yeah i liked it i really did but oh, so God. so they go to <laughs> they go to the um i know i know um, oh, I, can never, I can never forgive you for making me watch that film. <laughs> <laughs> the joys, the joys of doing this. I had to watch bloody Street Fighter. That, that nearly killed the film wheel cast podcast <laughs> itself. That was that bad. So God, that's I'm, I'm awful. planning a nosebleed for the next Matrix film. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to the social services uh, social security um social services god imagine <laughs> that there'd be no one there so they go to the uh, social security administration building um and before that they've they have the which was a massive thing back then like the anthrax alarm because obviously there was these terrorist attacks and letters being sent round and 
and it was kind of part of the like the panic and the mayhem that are, are we going to be kind of another victim of terrorists and again cyber and kind of terrorism that not a lot of people really understood it or knew about it and so this film was kind of poignant at the time that it could happen and i think because of when i watched it obviously i'm not into computers at all so it means nothing to me but i think you can push uh the boundaries of what possibly could happen and how easy it could happen because of the lack of understanding i mean rav you're heavily into computers and understand it a lot more Hmm. but for me i'd go i'm going along with the ride of what they can do in this you know what i mean oh yeah definitely i mean back then cyber security was i don't want to say in its infancy but there was a lot more risk for people hacking in because it wasn't like for example your your local business they they wouldn't have an absolute scooby about what cybersecurity was in 2007. Um, the big tech companies, yeah, they'll have some idea, but yeah, it was it was almost like hacking was glorified to a certain degree at the same time. Whereby if you're a hacker, you know, the world is your oyster. You can do so much with it. But now, as you know, like Paul said, as times progress, it hasn't dated well because. Nowadays, you've got VPNs, you've got firewalls, you've got better antivirus you know, fire software where people are now a bit more clued in saying, right, we know cybersecurity is a massive thing, especially moving forward. So how can we improve? So back then, yeah, I, I can I can see why for them be, it was a great plot point for the movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think for, for them, it, it works really, really well. And as you say, it, you run the risk of dating the film, but... So at this social security, when they do calls like the fire sale, when they do download everything, I, I kind of get the idea that you, you never get the impression that uh, kind of uh, Gabriel goes on about we're going to make like every other film that they're thieves end of the day. And Gabriel's thing is the fact that he's was missed and he was shouted down and that people didn't believe that the attack was there. And I kind of wonder, does he do this just for power to prove the fact that he's not insane and that he's right? Or does he want everyone's money? Because I I don't really understand what he's doing because he's taking everyone's social security numbers or or, or everyone's bank account numbers everywhere. So he'll have all the money. But I, I, I don't see what he's going to gain is he doing it just because he can is that why i don't really get it he's it's twofold isn't it because he obviously got chucked out because he shut down the pentagon with or something the not whatever it is with um they're basically the defense system with a laptop didn't he and he got basically thrown out and stuff so he's he's on the first he's saying that he's basically doing it because he was right and you know, he wants to prove them wrong and all this sort of stuff, but he is making a profit out of it. So basically, he's going to siphon off billions of dollars to him for himself as well. So it's it's double sided. Is that pointed out by him? Does he actually say that at the end when they're having right. the conversation? McLean sort of fakes him up and says, "Yeah, you're going to make loads of money out of it as well." And he goes, "Well, shouldn't I be paid for my work? I'm working my ass off." So he's taking the money but he's stating that he's doing it because you know he wants to make the country a safer place and all this other bollocks it's just you know it's just him trying to justify his actions if you like 
Yeah, because they, they download, obviously, everyone's accounts. And then I kind of I don't understand the point of when they go to the Eastern Power Hub of kind of hacking into that as well, because they, they've taken everything. And again, it seems to be they're taking extra risks that they don't need to take. That's that's him proving a point that anyone could, if they were intelligent enough and had the means to do it, could take down the entire country. So there's only certain point because Farrell says, you know, you could do most stuff with a computer remotely. However, there are some things that you have to go there and do it yourself. So he's still even with the fire sale stuff, someone would have to go there to shut down all the utilities. So that's why they go there. Probably like an offline system or something whereby you yeah. have to physically be there, like Neil said. Basically, but it's, right. it's that whole look how big my bollocks are. I'm going to really do this and show you how stupid you are and you shouldn't have listened. You should have listened to me. So that's that's the right. whole point of it. Okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So really, yeah, that is just it's a revenge story. But yeah, see, Maggie Q goes to like the power hub and she takes over. She kills everyone and does whatever she needs to do. Um, and I found this really, it kind of got fucked me off to a certain extent of when they work out that they've gone to the power hub and they need to go there as well. So Willis, um. And uh, Matt Farrell, oh. Justin Long, that they go there as well. Uh, and he drives, and it's it kind of, he drives the van right through the wall. He has this massive fight with Maggie Q. And a lot of people, and I've kind of listened to different podcasts, and I've looked at different forums about this of what, how people rated it and what they liked. And a lot of people speak of how off-putting it was and how extreme it was with the fight against uh, John McClane and May. The fact that he was punching a woman, uh, and I know you've got different people. Kind of everyone's views are going to differ to this, but I, I think you've got to remember it's, it's only a fucking film. You know what I mean? He's not. I know he's hitting a woman, but it's a film. She it's was pretty but, kill. Yeah, hang on a minute. She so he she's a trained assassin and is trying to kill him, and he can't hit her back because she's a woman. Surely it, the shoe is on the other foot as well. You know, it goes both ways. It's he's law enforcement, abs- and she was trying to kill him. It doesn't matter if you're law enforcement or not. If someone's trying to kill you, you have the right to fucking protect yourself and try yeah, and knock yeah, the yeah. fucker out. You know, yeah. whoever said that is yeah quite ridiculous, to be honest. Yeah. Like you say, yeah. it's a film. She's kicking his ass. So every film where there's a bloke versus a woman, yeah, you're not allowed to hit them back. Yeah, that's absolute bollocks. Yeah, it's it's a film. Honestly, fuck here now. Yeah. If people are really saying that, they've yeah. got to look at themselves. They really do. Fuck here now. Yeah. What, Rav, what's that? What's that? No pressure now, mate. But what side of the fence are you on, man? <laughs> no, I, I I fully agree with you guys. Like Neil said, she's a trained assassin. She's going to kill you. She has no qualm in killing you. Just like if you swap the gender roles, if if it was a, if Maggie's Q was cat, well, Maggie was cast as a male character instead of a female character. If that male character wanted to kill you, he's going to kill you. So you're going to do as much as you can to defend yourself. I mean, the, the only thing I didn't like about this was the fact that she's kicking John McClane, who's a lot heavier than her, biologically, through a window. I thought, mm, that's not going to work. But that, that was my only gripe with her. I thought, okay, fair enough. You, you're going to kick him. You're going to hurt him. 
no no questions about that because you know some of the forces in the kick yeah great but you're, you're kicking him through a window yeah you know just some some level of physics here please come on yeah it was i must i didn't have a problem with it because it's you know it's going to happen don't you she's the physical threat and that's her job is to fight people you get this in all of the films the first one you you've got the guy who end up getting hung and shot outside and just all of the films you get this so and the fact it's a woman it, it's a film i mean fucking hell you just i think people just need to get off the fucking there soapbox must be a bench, and just there must be a bunch of films like that those students there is i'm not being funny i bet maggie q at the end of this didn't go around and go, but you know what i didn't like filming that because he he was punching me you know it's portrayed yeah. wrong it's fuck off yeah, you know she's no, playing really. a badass she's playing an absolute fucking badass that's taking on a guy like Rav said is twice her size and has done all this stuff before and she kicks his ass for the majority <laughs> of it, doesn't she? Let's yeah. be fair. The first couple of minutes she does, yeah. You know, until and, and she does, until the fact he decides to ridiculously drive a truck through the fucking building. Yeah. And that bit is ridiculous. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. She would have been fucking cut in half without Oh yeah, it is. But, but it's just you can no one condones violence against women no. at all whatsoever all and uh, yeah yeah it's violent domestic violence yeah, yeah no one condones that whatsoever but i believe you can still watch this with the enjoyment of, yeah. of what it is a spectacle a film and that's it but yeah it does go way over the top and i think it ruins it mm. if you would have just beaten her up left her just knocked out whatever and or even just fucking just broke her neck or anything like that, thrown her out a window. That would have been fine. But the fact that she then has the shit beaten out of her, they drive down a bloody lift shaft, which they have to, because it's in virtually every bloody diehard film. It has to be. It has to be it's shot. just real nonsense. This is just too much for me. Mm-hmm. I don't need this scene. It shouldn't have been in there. It's, a, it's not the right way for her to die, and it just wasn't needed. I agree. It, it's it's almost like they did a massive disservice to her character. We know she's an assassin. Show off her skills. Show off her entire skill set. The fact that, yes, she probably has gone and beat guys who are twice the size of her and beaten the living crap out of them. Yeah. There should have be been more of that. And then John McClane having to actually struggle instead of, you know, yes, he does struggle to a certain point, but him getting his ass candid to him literally constantly <laughs> until he gets like john mcclain does a lucky strike or yes picks yeah. something up. that's completely what he completely agree completely agree and the, you yeah. know he drives that car through the, the building she would have heard it way before mm. he came crashing through the wall and why would he then carry on and then just you know he would have killed her instantly from just hitting her or you know pretty much made her you know disabled and then he's saying hold on as in, yeah. just fuck off. It was, yeah, yeah that's a bit com- much. Completely <clears throat> agree. It was, th- at this point, it was just far too over the top, wasn't it? And unnecessary. Yeah, and the lift shaft scene is good, though. I'd forgotten how tense that was. I'd forgotten how good that scene was, that lift shaft. Really? Yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah, I'd forgotten that's how good that was. That's interesting you say that. I was kind of I was done by then of this fight. Yeah. I I kind of didn't need that to be honest. But no, it's interesting you say. I mean, they they do again. It it keeps taking it to the max to that different level. The whole kind of facility blows up and they take um, shelter in a van, which gets fucking destroyed. But 
they you know are fucking Teflon. You know what I mean? Oh, they just mate. get through through everything. And then since when has Willis knows how to fly a helicopter? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I've been taking lessons. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Come on, he's bordering on Tom Cruise now, isn't he? I instantly thought of Paul at this did very you point. Really? Of course yeah, he did. As I soon did. as he got into a helicopter and he started going, oh, is it supposed to make that noise? I was thinking, Paul must be ripping his fucking balls off at how <laughs> ridiculous this scene is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It always gets you when they get they, they, they get the stick with two hands. You're like, no! no that is nonsense, isn't it? Not everyone yeah. can paint, to be fair. <laughs> I tell you, there's, there's a few scenes in this when they're flying single engine helicopters around built up areas. I was like, mm, I'm not sure the FAA would like this. <laughs> no, I, I'm a fucking one handed man, I have to say. <laughs> well, <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> yeah. So that's when they go and see Kevin Smith, who's the, uh, the all knowing. Uh, warlock uh, again it's that the tropey adult who lives in his mum's basement who's a computer yeah. geek and, come on i mean when it was originally written kevin smith wrote the lines himself with that were, but they were deemed too funny by bruce willis and didn't suit the <coughs> mood of the film so he made them rewrite the back to the original script where it's a bit more serious and it's i don't know i i could have done without kevin smith being in this i uh, he's good to a certain generation, but he—I don't know. It's a good chance for him to be in a diehard film, but for me, it wasn't really needed. It didn't really add anything, you know. No, it's only, it sort of gives you closure from the very beginning of the film, doesn't he? Where Farrell's talking to Warlock, and he's like, "Be get gone," and all this sort of stuff. And I suppose it sort of brings that full circle. But yeah. Yeah, I liked his line about you're a big fan of the Fett, and he said, "No, I like Star Wars." <laughs> and it's just like a fucking typical comment from an older generation. I loved that. I thought that was yeah. brilliant because Kevin Smith's a fucking massive Star Wars fan, isn't he? Yeah. Hey, it, my 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 part of my ignorance. Who is Kevin Smith? Oh, come on. <laughs> it's Jane, Silent Bob, Morats, Clarks. I mean, what? He does. He used to do Smodcast. Just throw those consonants at me. What? <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of he was done a films of like teenagers generation. When I was eighteen, he was making some massive films. He was the kind of independent filmmaker, and with Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back is a fucking hilarious film. I love that film honestly. It's so so funny. Sorry. Yeah, I think he was in this again to fit that generation. I, I think, but. I do love the Ultimus Prime truck that they're driving around. I think it's fucking quality. It's so good. It yeah. Doesn't, doesn't stand out on the road at all. No, not suspicious <laughs> one bit. Yeah. But he's the one who knows about um, Gabriel Thomas and tells them, and that's for the audience benefit of what this guy does. And I love the fact that it does go to show it's a generational thing again of when the... Um, they're talking and you suddenly get um thomas gabriel come up on the screen and bruce willis starts whispering as if he can't hear him and that he kind of goes <laughs> yeah. to show just out of touch with technology john mcclain is which i thought that was a funny moment it's probably it reminded me of me but he put his hand over the monitor over the camera yeah yeah <laughs> i can hear you yeah, yeah. Just, 
Just because yeah. you cover the lens, it doesn't mean I can't hear you. It's like me. How do I download an app? <laughs> it's so good. I do the fucking exactly the same thing. But <laughs> again, that's when they start to kind of kind of work out what's going on. But I mean, the horse has already bolted and left the barn by then. So it's a bit late. And you do get this chase, which... I mean, you, you get the shootout, and obviously they talk about because he's up the stakes because um, of his girlfriend, because um, Maggie Q's died, and he shoves that down um, Gabriel's throat. He then goes after again, which he didn't need to. He goes after Lucy, Lucy McLean, um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. If he would have just left her alone and got on with his own plan, again he would have probably got away with it, but. He just goes too far. He didn't need to go for her, did he? I know it's revenge, but again, this is what brings all these baddies down in these films. I think it's just to complete John McClane's arc, wasn't it? It's like he screwed up with his wife. The only thing he's got left now is his daughter, as well as son, but not, no mention of the son, was there? No. Um, not yet. No, yeah, true, true. Yeah. But then it's just like, let's bring this his character to a to a closure and let's give her something to do which again i think she's wasted in this movie that's just damsel in distress that's all she is and it's just absolutely wasted character yeah it's a shame completely. isn't it i suppose yeah I, it's it just goes to show like i said earlier though he's just so full of his own importance isn't he um gabriel that he's he's now made it personal and he can't just leave it he's now got a vendetta which is and you're right Stu. if he just said you know what you, you got me. I'm going to carry on and I'll be a billionaire and fuck this country over. And then let's mm. see how happy you are after that. You know, sipping cocktails on my own island sort of thing. But they can't. And you, you're right. It does sort of let a lot of bad guys down, doesn't it? That they can't just let it go. Alternatively, yeah. if, you, if you were Gabriel's characters, OK, watch this then. Take her to the top floor and then release the clamping brakes. Just release yeah. the elevator. There you yeah. go. Yeah, that would have been good because you've not invested in it. Who gives a shit if she dies? It mm. wouldn't make a blind bit of difference, would it? I, I'm well up for that, Rav, honestly. If she would have just died there, if they would have just put a gun to her head and just killed her, up the stakes massively, honestly. Oh, yeah, I that, think that it would have been a character. Yeah, oh, it would have been great, wouldn't it? Where do you, where do you guys, me and Rav obviously want her to die and be quite happy. <laughs> what, about, what about you guys? Would you have liked that? <laughs> Uh, I didn't. I've never really thought of it before, to be honest. Um, no, I, I don't think she needed to die. But I can understand what you're saying. It would have definitely upped the ante, because at the moment he's just, you know, up until the point he kidnaps her, which is a massive stupid error. You know, there's no investment in that side of it, is there? John McClane's only doing it because he's a cop, and he says, "I, oh, you know, I'm the only one that can do it because there's no one else," and all this bollocks. Yeah, yeah. We need it right to the end, I think, because you know you've got John McClane, who's continually goading Gabriel, isn't he? Um, and he he says to to Farrell, he'd have killed her by now if um you know. But you don't know that. You don't know his capabilities, how mad he is, do you? So he just continually goads her, and I think that adds adds to the suspense, doesn't it? And you know that it's going to come to conclusion at right at the end of the, the fourth act, but. I think you need you need her alive to just to create that suspense. What for the stakes? Yeah. 
yeah, I, I know. I I just think she's underused, so get rid of her in a kind of ruthless way. Mm. But I mean, it, it does lead to again the bad or the the goody kind of the hero being in the sights of the baddie, just like Samuel Jackson, and that they don't kill him. And there's enough times in this um, when you've got um, Gabriel, who's got a gun virtually against uh, Farrell's head and could take him out and kill him. And he decides to have mercy and doesn't doesn't kill him, which is baffling because he's a baddie. It wouldn't work like that. And it, it pissed us both off last week when they could have taken Samuel Jackson out. There are plenty of opportunities and didn't. And I think it makes the baddie look bad it makes gabriel look weak like and that's why i wanted him to be more ruthless and without maggie q and without all his other henchmen it, it all he has is knowledge of computers and even obviously that can cause devastation and he proves that but you don't see that because you don't see the physical violence of people being hurt it kind of loses its strength to a certain degree you know yeah <clears throat> Yeah, I, I do agree with you. I suppose the only reason he keeps him alive is because he's Farrell has managed to encrypt their program, hasn't he? So, in essence, he's the only one that can undo it. I suppose they could undo it eventually, but they're running out of time because the government is now sort of honing in and their time's running out. So I guess he's sort of becoming desperate. But yeah, you, you could have... You know, if they'd done a different rating, they could have, you know, been more violent towards him, more torturous, if you like, yeah. to get him yeah. to get him to do it. But it depends. It's like you said at the very beginning. They've to get more audience, to get more people watching. They've brought down the rating, and ultimately, you can't do as much, can you? So, no, yeah. absolutely. And it's weird. This leads to a, a, a great chase, and it's it's. It's really good. It's not as good as the Beverly Hills Cop one where he's driving the truck there, taking the cars out. But it's a good chase. And it's unbelievable. There's 10 minutes left in this film when he just jumps into the truck and he starts chasing down um, to try and rescue Lucy and Matt. And it's fucking crazy what they fit in this 10 minutes. The fact that he's chasing them down where Gabriel just finds out and then he redirects this jet um that the bandit vehicle is the one McLean's driving and it is over the top and he's fucking launching missiles at this truck and blowing it away with this machine gun and you, i think it's great you see bits of the truck fly off it's so just over the top and it's amazing they fit that much action into the last 10 minutes of this film it's unbelievable isn't it it's unbelievable but also unbelievable in the sense that you look watch it and you think this is bollocks it oh, lost yeah. me it, it, it goes completely lost me at this point because i'm like you know all right he's blowing up a complete bridge there's no one on the roads at all it's completely empty which is weird in yeah. itself yeah. and you know why would you, i've not been funny i'm not a pilot maybe paul you would do this but would you fly a jet underneath a massive concrete structure just which is that, collapsing no you wouldn't would you you wouldn't it's absolute rubbish no you'll never get rehired as a pilot just <laughs> 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 you could find your career you'll just be a, a spanner jockey for the rest of your career it's just you know it's fun action in the sense of wow it's never been done before it's a bit it's nuts 
but you yeah. sit there and you know you've you've had quite a lot of disbelief in relation to a lot of the action in this film and then this just took it a completely way over the top for me but by then are you you've invested so much time and energy into it you just you almost just sit back and accept it don't you you have to don't you, you have like, to, no, because you know you, you know you're near the end and you know yeah. you're, gonna, you're gonna get the payoff so you're just waiting for that payoff you go yeah okay i know it's unbelievable but i'm waiting for the payoff now all you care about is him putting a nine mil round in the, the bad guy's head yeah, or definitely. Yeah, I can, I, yeah, that's a really good way of putting it because I think if this was anywhere near the beginning of the film, and yeah, you probably yeah. would just turn it off yeah. saying, "Sorry, yeah. Yeah. yes," you know. So yeah. I suppose it's a good decision from them that they, if they were going to do this ridiculousness, they did leave it to the end. And then he yeah. jumps. It's just fucking insane because he's blowing up so much of the freeway, and it's those crossover bridges. And that he ends up jumping on the back of this F-35 jet where the pilot ends up bailing out and you see him live. Obviously, you have to, but it's just insane. And the way he manages to survive, you just you suck it up and you think it's like a roller coaster. When you go down a real steep part and you don't like it, you think I've got to accept these parts because I like the whole experience of the roller coaster. And mm. This yeah. is that downhill part where you think it's shit. I don't like it, but I've got to accept it because it's part of the whole experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a good way of putting it. Yeah, it's just insane. And then it just does end up. It ends really fast as well when they do get to that warehouse, and <coughs> it's you. You know that no one's going to die. And and I think in this film, if there was any rumors, like in the Lethal Weapon three film. That there was rumours, I remember around the filming, before it came out, this is the one where Mel Gibson dies. And when I watched it at the cinema, I thought, fuck, this, uh, Mel Gibson's going to die, and I wasn't ready for it. But I, I think because it's Bruce Willis, you know he's not going to die. So right. the, the stakes, and it's gone too far that Lucy's not going to die. And you kind of think, yeah. at this stage, Matt won't die. If he does, he'll die a hero, and I can swallow that. That's not a problem. Yeah. So... The fact that he shot, he ends up helping and he goes against his kind of, I'm shit, I'm, I like peace and I'm crap with a gun. Helping Bruce Willis out and um, that Gabriel dies and his henchman dies. And typically, the FBI are fucking late <laughs> everywhere. They, they yeah, late. I thought the same thing, Stu. I was like, how crap are you? You've all got shot. Yeah. And the ones that have turned up have turned up late. Yeah. Oh shit. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a a real rushed end where they they kind of manage to fit in. Does Lucy like Matt? Does Matt like Lucy? And you get that joke, and it's a bit tropey. And it's just, it's a shame the ending. It just feels rushed. I could have done with twenty more minutes for a slower, more controlled like ending than this ending was. Bang. That's it. Done. Which is a. It's like three, yeah. though, isn't it? That's exactly the same as three. There was it was quite well paced throughout the whole of it, and then the last third of the third film is <laughs> invade Quebec. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's yeah, it's just ridiculous. Well, you and could you could have like, had it where they they, they all left because you know I see you at the hospital, they're all sat in A and E for like two hours waiting to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> they start snogging, and John has to actually kill Farrell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the point that. whereby they should have had 
um, that's it, uh, Matt and Lucy's character take on the other henchmen while John takes on um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Gabriel. Thomas Gabriel. Gabriel. That's it, Gabriel's yeah. character. That, that's what should have happened because it would have given Lucy's character some depth saying she is a McLean because yeah, we also yeah. saw um, his wife you know, beat the crap out of that journalist in number two. Well, I say beat him, taser him and punch him. Whereby this should have passed on to the daughter, saying that yeah. you know, she is the you know, the daughter of John McClane, and she will fight back because she okay. she had that prospect. The spark was there. Yeah, yeah, there was elements. Film, actually, yeah. Rav. just wasted. There was elements. Film. Yeah, but possibly, possibly. Yeah, it it didn't it didn't really pay off, did it? Because no. when she gets kidnapped, she's obviously punches that guy in the face, and he's like, oh, and I, I love the quip. From Thomas Gravey, going, are you okay? Yeah. Are you going to be yeah, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff. And Have you got it, it now? Are you sure? Yeah. And <laughs> I think that's the thing with with Thomas Gabriel's quips uh, yeah. towards his own people and stuff like that. It sort yeah. of made it a little bit, didn't it? I liked in, him in for that. Sense, but, yeah. Mm. <laughs> really that a bad guy. Yeah. So, where will that be for a thumbs up, or will it just be? A complete shit show. So let's see how we go. <laughs> Rev, Die Hard 4.0. Tell me your scores, mate. Five, you recommend it? I would say two. It was. Ooh, I'm not. It, it's more because I've seen one, two, and three, and this was. A, I mean, as a bad guy, Thomas Gabriel's character is very. Is an intelligent bad guy. He's not just your run of the mill. Shoot him. Uh, he gets other people to do his dirty work for him. So as a bad guy, I think he played it really well. You know, Tim, Tim, he played really well. Same with um, John McClane. You know what John McClane is. But yeah. the delivery was just, okay, I'm bored now. And, oh, look, explosions. Yay. So I, I would give it to, I mean, if you really want to watch the end of the, the Die Hard series before potentially five, maybe they'll do another one. But who knows? But I, I think it's a really bad conclusion to John McClane's story. Oh, or is it a conclusion? Well, so, you never know. So would Watch you recommend this, this film? <laughs> Myself? Um, yeah. I, no. I, I'd say <laughs> stick to the originals, one, two, and three. If you really want, turn your mind off and just watch the, the sheer explosionness for the sheer explosionness of four. No, it's fair play. That's fair play. Paul, tell me, mate. Uh, right, I would say um, I'd give it three and a half. I do like the franchise. I do like Bruce Willis. I love his delivery. I know he's... He, he, he is, it is what it is, isn't it? Bruce Willis is Bruce Willis in these films, and he's he's just fun to watch. Um, he, doesn't, he doesn't get hurt, really. He just bounces across the, the screen. <laughs> uh, Three, uh, three and a half. Um, my, my best bits would be um, there's one bit we haven't mentioned. I loved it when we've got that. You know that character that's he's obviously like some kind of street cri- street runner, street climber. Yeah. Yeah, the guy that sort of um, he has this scrap with him, doesn't he, inside the inside the industrial building. Yeah. And ends up getting mashed, and he's <laughs> he's trying to get a sh- clear shot of him, and he's he's running around this this cylindrical. Um, section of the building, and he just goes, "You fucking hamster!" He's trying to rewind it just to get a second chuckle in. Um, that was my best bit. The, the, the worst bit would be like on the on the back of the F thirty five, wherever it was, just 
I was like, that's just just totally insane. But yeah, I, I would recommend it. So I would recommend it just for the sheer sit down, put it on, you're in for the ride. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Neil, what about you, mate? Um, I'd recommend it. I'd give it uh, I'd give it a three out of five. I think I wouldn't be as generous as Paul. Um, I agree with what you said earlier in the sense that if this was a standalone film, it just would be rubbish because it is the it's the history of John McClane that you're kind of invested in. But I like the premise. I liked um, Justin Long. I thought his character was really good. I thought the the arc and the characters, the relationship between John McClane and Matt Farrell was really good. The FBI were great, apart from being late. And I liked Timony, Timothy Oliphant as the bad guy. I thought he was, he was different. He was ruthless in a regard of, he, you know, he's happy to let people crash into each other and die. And, you know, he's happy to turn a, a country back to zero. Um, but, you know, you have those tropey moments in most films um yeah i'd recommend it i think there's some really really good bits i think the the, where it lets it down and i can't give it higher is very much like the third film the final third is so ridiculously over the top and rushed it it becomes boring in the sense of oh god here we go again and oh that was over quickly which and that ruined it the first half of this film i found really intriguing really interesting i love the the flow of it and then it just got completely ruined at the end so that's why i give it three yeah no that makes that makes complete sense i understand that yeah i mean i'm pretty much coming from the same school of thought that you guys are that in the, in the diehard world it's probably two and a half three because you know what you're getting and you can't expect anything else if you went into this like you'd be foolish having any other trailer thought but i think it's rushed the last third of the film and it's just a real shame i don't know whether it again it whether that's the the kind of the 12a or effect that it, the, it has on these kind of films when they should just be strict hard r which the the next film is so i'm expecting i can't really remember the next one but i'm expecting better things with regards to more hard-paced um, like action and possible violence. But I, it was over the top, but I love it. I, he's one of my favourite kind of heroes, John McClane is. He really, really is. And it's like the Lethal Weapon films. You love them and you've spent so much time and they kind of there's so much nostalgia that you'd feel like unloyal if you started putting the films down because they're just, they are what they are. But I'd recommend it. And for the action and the over-the-top violence, I, I just love it. I think it's ridiculous, but it's ridiculous fun that I think you need, especially at the moment. Things are so fucking depressing, so mm. it's great. But, I mean, the next film, I mean, the McLean boys are going to go all the way to Moscow, and we're kind of going full circle. We're going back to Giant Courtney from our uh, Terminator retrospective. We and are indeed. So, and we're going to get, again, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Lucy's in it, so as i say that you're going to see the whole bloody mclean gang i mean obviously holly's not going to be in it but jack mclean and lucy mclean so and it's six years since the last one 2013 who would have thought we would have wanted a diehard film especially released on valentine's day in uh 2013 <laughs> so uh yeah i saw it at the cinema 
And I remember seeing it at the cinema with massive high hopes, just hoping because, again, seeing a Die Hard film on the big screen, I think it's just an occasion still, even though, I mean, now it would be way too old. Jesus is past it. But these films are for the big screen. So uh, it'll be interesting to see everyone's thoughts. I think it will probably echo today's podcast, I think. I don't know what you guys think. I think it might echo it for me. But You've not seen it, Paul? Not yet, no, but I should be watching it, obviously. Fantastic. What about you, Rav? Have you seen it? Very long time since I've seen it. I'll have to refresh my memory on it. Uh, that, just, that doesn't sound good straight away, though, does it? <laughs> <laughs> Look at the bright side, it's not the Matrix. Well, well yeah, touche. <laughs> oh, John McClane travels to Russia to help out a seamlessly wayward son, Jack, only to discover that Jack is a CIA operative working undercover, causing his father and son to team up against the underworld forces. What more could you want in a story? I'm excited already. I've got a bit of a wee coming out knowing that I'm going to watch this and that we're going to talk about it. So join us next week for (laughs) the amazing uh, A Good Day to Die Hard, which is it going to be hard or is it going to be soft? We'll have to find out. Has anyone got anything to say? Have they watched anything? Can they recommend anything before we go? Recently, I, I haven't seen the latest Ghostbusters. I really enjoyed it. And I know you you wouldn't give any spoilers away, Stu, because you've seen it long before me. Yeah, I think it's if you're if you're a Ghostbusters fan, is there's a ton of nods to the past, and it's just great. Definitely, definitely, yeah. And I can definitely recommend the uh, book of Boba Fett as well for those who haven't yet seen it. I I I have to disagree with you on that one, Stu. Oh really? Yeah, I think it's slow. It's wooden. And the last one I watched today was so badly done with those stupid bikes that were made to look like Vespers. <laughs> I, I almost turned it off. Really? That's yeah. so interesting. Oh, yeah. man, that's really good. Yeah, I, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it because it is the Fet and I love the Fet and I love Star Wars. But I, honestly, I nearly fell asleep three times today watching that. And that bit with the bikes nearly made me turn it off because it was just... The, the gang of kids that have no money yet they can afford to put electronical shit in their fucking bodies and face it's just yeah yeah that's anyway. interesting that's that great looking young <laughs> <laughs> if you don't put it in your face mate do you <laughs> what about yourself Ravlar um I is going back a bit but I would definitely say Ash versus Evil Dead I absolutely it's just the sheer ridiculousness of the series and it very much echoes the movies so you know you get a chance you got to bear with it it's a very slow burner but it does get just absolutely ridiculous I I completely agree I love that that's Bruce Campbell isn't it I haven't seen that for ages yeah that's just iconic it's you know what you're getting that's a bit like the the one of this uh, diehard franchise you just if you don't know and you're a stranger to it and you're expecting something else, you'll probably turn it off. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But the original States. Evil Sorry, Dead, yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, that's going back to, what, the early 80s Evil yeah, Dead, isn't it? Yeah, one, I think. Yeah. 81 is when it came out. Wow. It's a great movie, though. Yeah, definitely. I remember seeing that in Holland, first time I saw it, and there was... It got banned, didn't it? Because I think a woman got raped by a tree and they wouldn't show it in this country and it's... 
but when I actually did see it, it it was absolutely terrible special oh, effects. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You think seriously, you ban this? All you're doing is promoting everyone to watch this film because yeah. good marketing <laughs> though. Good viral marketing. That's oh, definitely. Yeah. What well, is a great film? Wow. The other thing I would say is if you any of you've seen Hellbound yet on Netflix, no. it's again there's more questions than answers, and the, don't get me wrong, the, the dubbing, English dubbing is awful, god awful, but near the end, of, it's only, I think, eight episodes long, an hour an episode, it, it is interesting, it's an interesting concept, I think Korean movies are really coming up. They are, aren't they? Yeah, I've got that in my queue to watch. Yeah. I'll get Has anyone out. seen a film, a South Korean film called The Thieves? No. It's, I cannot find it for love nor money, not even on eBay. I watched it in Italy once um, and it was subtitled and it was it's like a heist film, a really good heist film. And it's absolutely brilliant. But I've not been able to find it since. If I can find it, I'll get it and, and I'll obviously send it to you guys. But uh, it, it's so good. But you just I honestly anyway. thought you were going to say something else like, has anybody <laughs> seen The Poseidon Adventure 1972? <laughs> <laughs> Now you mention, yeah, no, but the thing's a brilliant film, really, really, really good action film. There you go, folks. You heard it here from 80s Paul, The Thieves. Go watch it. But we'll be back next week. Thank Bye. you, everyone, for listening. You take care of yourselves, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> Did you want to say something? Okay. Bring a cop into my command center. <laughs> command center. It's a basement. Who is this man?